but we're much better than what we showed against them, and this is what we're going to show them to the 90 plus podcast here's your host ben rigetti and sebastian pereira hello and welcome to the 90 plus podcast episode 39 we've taken a little bit of a break myself ben rigetti and my co-host sebastian pereira my wonderful co-host sebastian pereira um yeah we have taken a little bit of a break for that we do apologize in all fairness there hasn't been a whole lot going on in terms of the white caps. So we figured we'd get our ducks in a row as we gear up for season two. We've got uh, an awesome interview with Kenny Miller, which you guys will hear in just a few minutes. Um, but before that, we've got a little bit of a uh, housekeeping to go through. Sebastian, happy 90 plus first birthday. We've made it February 27th, 2020. We released episode one back at BCIT in the, uh, the broadcast center. A year later, I'm in my basement, you're in your room, we're recording over Zoom. Times have changed, but the content is still the same. Sebastian, one year later, happy 90 plus first birthday. Feliz cumpleaños, amigo. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. It's been a year already, man. It's I can't crazy. I can't believe it. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, look at us. We're now in a pandemic. We're now... Uh, a Look year how much into, you've achieved. We're in a pandemic. Look we're in a us. pandemic. We, we've, we've been reporting during a pandemic. We've been Drive. covering we've been the games. We've, we've been, been to, to games, games during pandemics. Like, oh yeah, insane Checking stuff. And as Ben said, guys, like we know there hasn't been too much on the Whitecaps front lately. Uh, a couple things here and there. Javane Brown. David Agbo getting signed to their first pro deals. Congrats to them on a that. Tease, a um, tease of the New Jersey. Yeah. A tease it, of will the New Jersey. it will be white. <laughs> it will be white. Shocker. <laughs> David Malinkovich officially leaving the Whitecaps. Uh, oh, unfortunately, God. that's a little bit of a heartbreaker, but Tough we move, we go. move. Um, but yeah. there is so much more stuff that we can get to because during the time that the Whitecaps have kind of been inactive with transfers and uh, news and so forth, we have been working really hard to, you know, get, like, bring this podcast to the yes, next yes, level, basically. The best content out there. Yeah, we want to, you know, take this thing to the next level. And uh, a year a year after we first released that first episode, I don't think Ben and I would have thought we would have kind of made it this far. But here we are. And 39 we're, episodes. We're, we're at 39 episodes. We're grinding Sweet. hard. And we got just a whole bunch of stuff to, to, to talk to you guys about. Like, there's so much announcements. Ben, I think wanna, we should get into it. I think you want to kick us so, off. We'll start off with the, the big one and two. So, do you want to give me a drum roll, Sebastian? Because this was a this was a this is a cool moment for the podcast. A little bit of history right here. Ninety plus podcast is officially part of the beautiful game network. We have joined a network. We are sponsored officially by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We're very excited to partner with them and the BGN network at the BGN FM website. Uh, the website is bgn.com, a beautiful game network. Uh, our first ever ad read for the show, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Uh, did you just get chills, Sebastian? 
a little bit of history. I did a little bit of history. I mean, it's our birthday, so we got to, you know, make a little bit of history as well. So, yeah. yeah, Um, So we're sponsored, guys. We're 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 sponsored. sponsored. We're part of the network. What does that mean? At the BGNFM on Twitter, they will be retweeting and uh, promoting our podcast a little bit more. Uh, They've got a great network of guys that cover the MLS. Uh, They do some USL and US men's national team stuff as well. So that means it just sort of makes it easier. Say the Whitecaps are playing uh, Chicago. We can have the guys come on that do the Chicago podcast for the network or Colorado or whatever. They've got a great network of guys. We can't wait to work along beside them. So, yeah, I think that's really, you know, we've got a few other bits here and there, but I think that's the big one. We're on a network and we're sponsored. We're so excited to help you know, elevate our game, elevate the content and see what sort of stuff we're able to produce over the next 365 days when you're celebrating our second birthday, Sebastian. Exactly. You put you, you put it perfectly, I gotta say. Thank you. For, Thank for, you. For, for two guys that haven't been on the mic for a while, I mean, that was perfectly said, bro. I, I mean, it's say. a year later. We should be good at this. We, we I was joking just before we started recording this that it took us about 11 tries to get our intro for the first uh, episode and a year later we're aiming to one take it and so far it's looking good Sebastian <laughs> let's keep going with the good news you've got we've just got started so we've we're part of a network we've got our sponsors Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC what else is going on well as you said we're expanding content you know we want to be able to take our content uh, to the next level and, and show you guys a little bit of what we saw uh, during this past year as reporters for the Whitecaps um, so that means we're bringing out an Instagram account uh, we're we're passing over the torch from Twitter to Instagram. We're still gonna have the Twitter, obviously, but oh, yeah. we want still to expand. Fine. We're gonna have that Instagram account. We want to be able to, you know, connect with the fans as much as we can, and also uh, provide video content on there, um, whether that's through clips of podcasts so we can promote them, or maybe some other videos. Maybe, yeah. yeah there's a lot of ideas there. Some IG posts. We'll see. Um, and, and of course, with the, the help of our, our new sponsors, there'll be plenty of interesting stuff. So make sure you go give us a follow at 90 plus podcast on Instagram. And is at 90 plus podcast, the same handle for Twitter. Is that where people can find us? Yes. They can find us on Twitter as well at 90 plus podcast. And they can find you, my friend, Ben Rigetti at Rigetti Ben. There we go. Remember we struggled a lot. Well, I struggled a we, lot. With that. You struggled. <laughs> I struggled. I was fine with it. I've had that. <laughs> and you can you can find me at Sebastian P74 on Twitter as well. Okay. Instagram ticked off the list. Um, like you see, there's a list, guys. There's a list. There's a list. We've got we're we're not even halfway through the, the good news. Um, so uh for the last year we've been on Spotify and SoundCloud. And in order to, like, you know, Sebastian said, we want to reach as many people as possible. You know, we just had Kenny Miller on. He's a great interviewee. Uh, We had a lot of fun talking to him. So we want a lot of people to hear it. And I think at this stage in 2021, a lot of most people are either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And so we figured, let's just go for both. So we are on Apple Podcasts at 90 plus podcast we are still on spotify at 90 plus podcast and we are on our podcast host at podbean.com you can find our podcast there as well as a little bit more info about the show myself and sebastian so we are on spotify we are on apple podcast we are on podbean there is you have now have no reason not to listen to myself and sebastian talk and complain um so yes so the, and we are not on SoundCloud anymore. I should note that as well. We are no longer on SoundCloud. 
um, just for uh, a, a couple of reasons. We just figured Podbean would be a better host. Plus that way, it just made it easier to get onto Apple Podcasts, which really has a bigger reach than SoundCloud. So yeah, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. That's where you can find us as well as our Instagram and Twitter. Um, and what, what's on our Instagram, Sebastian? What, what have we just did, put up there? Did you see the video? What video? The video, bro. Oh, the, the video of video. us releasing our new logo made by our very own Sebastian Pereira. We went out to BC Place and had a little, you know, a little photo shoot and such. So absolutely good. Be sure to go check that out on our Twitter and our Instagram at 90 plus podcast. Yeah. And again, new logo. It's a new year. It's a new look for the, for the 90 plus podcast. So we figured, Hey, you know, if we're taking things up a notch, why don't we take the no, the, the no go, the logo up a notch as well. <laughs> So it's nice and sleek. It is it, the only thing. It's 90 and then the plus sign, even though our, on social and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, it is 90 and the word P-L-U-S. So if you're looking to find us, be sure to write the word plus and not just the little symbol. But it is a very good looking logo, Sebastian. So props to you. You did well. Smash it out of the park. Thank you. Thank you. And You know, I, what I really wanted to do for the logo was kind of combine everything that kind of represents Vancouver and also the white cap. So uh, you can see there's the waves uh, across the, the logo. There's also the the uh, the little sound bites at the bottom of the logo. Uh, BWFC obviously representing the white caps who we cover. Um, and yeah, I, I, I also, you know, we decided like, let's go for the plus. Let's go for the plus sign. We want to make, we want to make things a lot. Yeah. We want to make things every, like make things a lot bigger and, you know, just add more. So we, we decided to go with the plus. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's good. I'm I'm lost for words, guys. Like we, we, we've got a lot of, we've had a lot of emails and FaceTime calls and a lot of stuff has been going on behind the scenes over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. We're just, we do apologize. We do apologize for the lack of content, but we do think it's going to be worth it in the long haul with all this stuff going on including managing to get Kenny Miller down in Sydney. He's, you know, the assistant manager at Western Sydney Wonders next to Carl Robinson. So we had a bit of a chat with Kenny talking about Carl Robinson, his playing days, uh, you know, obviously his time with the Whitecaps over in the UK and throughout Europe. And we've got another guest coming on next week as well. This one took a little while to grab, but boy, are we happy to have him on Former white cap captain Jay Demerit will be joining the podcast. That should be out probably the, during the middle of next week. So be sure to look for that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Twitter, and Instagram. So Jay Demerit's next week. We just had Kenny Miller and it was a great time. It's Top our line. birthday. Top line. We've got a video on our new Instagram with our new logo. And we've got Apple Podcast and Podbean going on. And we are part of the bgn network the beautiful game network and we are sponsored by roughneck scarves and icarus fc that's good how about that i was gonna say like i'm just so excited to be able to like announce this to to yeah. everyone who listen to us our fans in belgium as well we, yeah we, our guys are listening uh, so yeah it's it's great and and a lot of props goes to ben for organizing a lot of the oh. stuff so thanks brother of course, you know, you know, you know, it's a two-man operation. You know, while I'm sending the emails, Seb's making the logo. He's doing all the stuff, a lot of the social media stuff as well. And yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah. And again, obviously, you know, the listeners like it's been a year. Like 
and it, it's really like been a year like it's been <laughs> up and down like a lot's gone on in a year man so um yeah no there was you know there was a phase in around like sort of april sort of time like after uh the mls got kind of pushed like postponed because of covid there was a time where there was no news going on we didn't know when the next games were going to be we easily sort of just could have faded out and just kind of fizzled and that could have been the end of 90 plus but we stuck to it we had a bunch of awesome guests on you know throughout the year we've had some really cool people that you know has been awesome to talk to and even for us you know we're reporters i write for last word uh, on soccer seb writes for world football index so you know even for us just to kind of have these opportunities talk to a lot of awesome people we talked to this ceo a few months ago you know some players some big reporters obviously former players now in kenny miller jay demerit next week it's really been an awesome year um so yeah so we're glad that you guys have stuck around we're glad that we hope that you guys will continue to stick around now that we are elevating our game it would be kind of silly to disappear now but <laughs> i think with all of that said let's get into kenny miller seb yeah without further ado here's our interview with kenny miller we hope you guys enjoy it All right, we are joined now all the way from sunny Australia, Kenny Miller, former Whitecap, former Celtic and Rangers man, spent time in the UK. Most importantly, though, obviously the Vancouver Whitecaps joining us here for episode 39 of the 90 Plus podcast. Kenny, how are you doing down under? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. You guys okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Getting by. (laughs) Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I guess we'll just sort of dive right on in. Uh, so we'll, you know, we're a Whitecaps podcast. We will start off with Vancouver. Uh, you know, you played in the UK for the bulk of your career. Uh, and then you moved, you know, off to Canada, you know, completely different set of circumstances or whatever. What was that uh, move like for you? And how did you feel sort of moving away from, I mean, you, obviously you're Scottish. You were born in Edinburgh, uh, grew up uh, there and everything. And then all of a sudden you're off to the other side of the world. How, how did you kind of feel about all of that? And how did you kind of go with it? Well, listen, it was an opportunity uh, to try something different. And, and uh, at that, a point in my career where I just kind of entered my 30s. So it was something that was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, like you say, I had spent the, the majority of my career in in the UK, so it was it was an opportunity to try something different. Which was there was a few familiar faces already had made the journey. Uh, a fellow Scott Martin Rennie was obviously the manager, and uh, Paul Ritchie was the coach. Uh, obviously, my good friend and now boss Carol Robinson was was coach as well. A friend of mine, Barry Robson, obviously had made the the trip over as well. So there was a few familiar faces, and it was something that came up and. I've pretty much been on the go since I was 16, really, to school and, and, uh, and at Hibs as, as a young kid and then on to Rangers and then went down to England at 21 on my own. So I've, I've always been someone that's, that's looked to, whether it be abroad or whether it was down to England or elsewhere, if the opportunity was right, it's always something I would, I would have looked to do. As long as it was, as long as it was for the, the right footballing reasons, then, then I would always look at it. And it was, an, like I said, it was an opportunity to come to the MLS a lot, uh, a lot more high-profile players than me had made the journey, even even the year or two before that. So it was, uh, it was something interesting. The league was obviously on the way up, and it was like I said, with a few familiar faces in the building as well. It was always going to make it a little bit easier. Just wanted to give you a huge ninety-plus welcome to you, Kenny. Thanks for coming on. We hope your family is doing <laughs> well. Having me. 
<laughs> of course, yeah. Um, take us take us through a day back in 2012, 2013, 2014 at a Whitecaps training session. What what were kind of the vibes like? Who who were kind of your best mates on on the team during those days? And do you still maybe keep in touch with a couple of them? Yeah, well, listen, I mean, there was obviously the, the, the initial bonds. Obviously, I played with Carol, who was the coach. I played with Paul Ritchie, who was the coach. Uh, so you had kind of relationships there already, Barry Robson. Again, I played against Barry many a time, uh, but never played with him. I, I played with him for a few Scotland, a few Scotland camps and things, so I knew him as well. But i become pretty friendly with uh, when Brad Rusin came to the club. I was a really, really good mates with Big Brad. Wee Rusty, I was good mates with Wee Rusty as well. But there was, listen, there was a really good group. Andy O'Brien came over, obviously, to the UK at that point as well. So there was a, there was a good group a good group of lads uh, at that moment. So it was, uh, there was a good spirit within the place, to be honest with you. A, a lot of good lads, good laughs, good times. Uh, but again, for me, it was always about the football. You know, the, the, these relationships I've, I've tried to build everywhere I went. But uh, I always wanted to win. I always wanted to be successful. It wasn't, a, I never looked on it as a, as kind of finishing off. As when I actually left, I still played on for the next six six years as well. Even at, even at 34, I still managed to get another another six years out of my body. So it was uh, it was never a move for me to retire. It was always a move to come try something different, but always had an eye on, on being successful. And I love my time. I love my two years in Vancouver. It was, uh, yeah, it was different. Uh, it was different on the body as well, playing on the turf uh, every other week, which was uh, which was a big change. I actually thought I was, uh, my body was shutting down the first six weeks of coming to Vancouver and training on the Astro every, every day and then playing on it every other week. It was a, uh, a bit of a shock to the system, but I got used to it. And I say that I, I loved it. I mean, it was it was good football. Again, I managed to. I always joke with Carl that I got his managerial career off to a flyer because I scored two goals in his first game as when we played New, uh, New York Red Bulls in the uh, BC Place, and I managed to get a couple of goals in that game. So I've, I always say I'm, I've got his career off to a flyer in, uh, in management. Yeah, we're having uh, Jay Demerit on the podcast next week. He told us to say hi to you as well. Yeah, um, good luck. Jay was another lad. Again, I played against Jay. I played yeah. against Jay in the UK, so it was another another familiar face. Obviously, Jay being a, a US international thing, I think he had came to the club in its, in its first year as well as a big sign. And Jay was a good lad. It was a good lad to have in the dressing room as well. So, again, you can pass on my regards to him as well when you see him next week. Will do. So, um, so you scored uh, your uh, the first goal in a 2-0 win over Seattle back in 2013. At the time, that was Vancouver's first win over Seattle in the MLS. Obviously, you know, big rivals, close, you know, two hours across the border. Uh, and I was there for that game with my dad and my granddad. Uh, and that was probably one of the loudest times I've heard BC place. Uh, how did you feel the fan culture in sort of Vancouver compared to Europe? Listen, it's different. It is, it is different. There's a different vibe to the to the whole day out, if you will. I mean, again, there's a lot of things going outside the stadiums. Always, there's uh, obviously you're allowed to sit and get a drink and things in the stadiums as well, which is a bit different to being in the UK. So, uh, but again, the fans were great. It was always a really good atmosphere. I felt, particularly in those games. And actually, my first goal was against Portland. My first goal for Vancouver against Portland. Portland away. That was a that was the season. That was the season before. So. Uh, those games, have obviously, in particular with the Cascadian rivalry and, the, and obviously the, the, the Cascadia Cups actually at, at stake within those games. So those games in particular were, 
what were good. Uh, Any time like LA or New York came to town as well, there was always a always a decent vibe about it. So it was uh, no, I, listen, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed the football. Uh, listen, something in coaching that I would like to, I would probably like to experience as well. So it's. Uh, no, I loved it. And there were those games. I, mean, I, I, remember, I remember all all goals that I scored. Uh, and that I remember that game. It was a, a really it was early doors I scored in that game. I think it was the first four game minutes I in, four, four minutes. minutes in, yeah. I remember talking to Corey Herzog before the game, and I'd actually says to him about looking for these kind of runs that we'd be making and those kind of passes. And sure enough, within the first four minutes, the ball fell, it went over the top. I managed to go on the end it and chop back and get a wee goal to get us off to a good start. I mean, it's convenient that you remember all your goals. We're definitely going to quiz you on that a little bit later <laughs> on. Um, have you put your name in for the Celtic job? Obviously, Neil Lennon just got the... Uh, you know, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely uh, not. That's after the Whitecaps. That's after the Whitecaps. Yeah, well, listen, that's different. I've got different. I think I've crossed that divide too many times. So, uh, <laughs> well, maybe just, I've picked my side now, so that's, uh, that's where I'm at. So, but listen, Vancouver, I said the Vancouver one... Uh, working with Robo, obviously, and like Robo done a fantastic job there uh, over the over his four and a half five years there. Uh, again, maybe a little bit, maybe see now. I know that the club. And I always look for Vancouver scores as well. That's one of these things when you represent clubs, you're always kind of looking. And the fact that Robo had taken over, uh, I always kind of kept my eye on the on the scores. Even and I still do now. I still do now to this day. And I know the club's not been kind of going too too well on that front over the last two years. So it's. Uh, it's it's not great because it's a good club. It's a, it's a good place. It's a good fan base and things. So it's uh, it's uh, again when I was there, I think we, we made the playoffs the first year. We just missed out the second year. And when I left halfway through, I know Robbo went on and made the playoffs. And uh, I think he made it three, four full seasons there. So again, fantastic job, fantastic job we done there. And like I said, I, I really enjoyed the football there. So that's something I said. And whether it be in the MLS or back in Vancouver, it's always something you'll look now. Now you're in coaching and management. It's always uh, it's always something that you look at to experience as much as you can, you know, in different in different leagues in different different countries. And at the moment, I've had a little spell as in management in Scotland with Livingston as the player manager. I'm now uh, I'm now Robo's assistant here in Australia, which things are going great. Uh, it's, a, it's a good learning curve for me. And uh, listen, who knows in the future where it'll lead. And you've already mentioned a couple of times some of your highlights in your time in Vancouver of course the the game against New York Red Bulls and, and Robo's first first game as a coach and um, the Seattle game uh, where you where you uh, helped the team clinch their first dub against uh, the Seattle Sounders in MLS history um, but what would you say is kind of your favorite moment in your in a Whitecaps jersey which one would you pick you know there's a couple I, I, the, the Seattle one was was great but I think the Two moments that start, two games that really stick out for me was the New England Revolution at home. Uh, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two goals, like probably in, in a game in terms of two goals, probably two of the best goals uh, that you would score in a game. In the first one, a bit of a soul, I think uh, it was a bit of a soul effort again, under control, really good effort going through, good composure at the end for the finish. And the second one, a fantastic pass through. I think it was Camillo that put me through. Uh, yeah. Put me through, and again, the turf helped out that day. Kind of stuck up, and, and the defender ran past it, and I was able to take it on my chest and then plant it in the in the top corner. It was a it was a fantastic goal. So they two goals, and again, that, that was a really good, really exciting game that day. Actually, uh, to go uh, down like we did, and then come back into it like we did. I know they went down to ten men again. The guy got sent off for the tackle on me for the for the penalty. 
So uh, that, that that game is a really exciting game, and obviously scoring two two really good goals. I think that's that's a memory that sticks in there. That, that's always right in the forefront when you're talking about Vancouver times. But I really like the New York game away from home as well. Uh, one one nil, mm. uh, and what an incredible stadium! I'd actually just came back for injury. It was probably one of my first games back, uh, and it was absolutely baking baking hot that day. And we went there and. We, we played some good stuff. A bit of smash and grab, to be honest with you, with the, with the, with the sounds. But I managed to be rusty, got the ball down in the right corner, put in a really good cross, and I managed to attack it and get the winner in the last three or four minutes of the game. So they were two moments. As well, listen, as well as the gaffer's first game, because be, being a mate uh, and known him for a number of years and he's got the job, I was absolutely delighted for him. Uh, and there was a bit of debate whether he was going to start me in the game or not, because I had... I'd had a little thigh injury through pre-season and he kept saying to me, oh, I don't know if I'm going to play. I don't know whether he was just actually at the wind-up and he always was going to play me. I don't know. But it took me, I felt a bit of convincing to let him know that I was fine. Uh, so sure enough, I, I got the nod and, and to get a couple of goals in, in his first game, that made it extra special, obviously, with the relationship we have. And four now against it was his old team as well. So uh, like getting that, uh, that, that one in his first game was, was pretty enjoyable. If I'm not mistaken, you were named MLS Player of the Week uh, after your performance against New England. So, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're right. You can remember that as well. Yeah. So, Good um, man. <laughs> so um, yeah, you said you know, a number of times already, you know, your your friendship with uh, Robbo and how kind of well you guys work together. Now, you know, you played with him uh, for him. Now you're kind of working along beside him. What's it like now sort of seeing him in a different light, seeing it as more of a uh, an equal rather than sort of a, a coach and someone you're kind of listening to rather than someone you're kind of, you know, working beside. Well, listen, you're always listening to him because of the boss and, and that's the and, and that's the nature of the business we're in. But we've came, like, what we've done here is, is we've made the trip to Australia together, you know. So it was a big move for him. Uh, I know that. Uh, after having about a year, just over a year out, probably after leaving Vancouver. Uh, for me, I actually literally retired that week from playing and then came over here as well because this opportunity led me to retire. If this wasn't there, I would have, I would have continued playing. So the, the both of us made the move without our families initially because it was there was only 10 games, 11 games to go this season. So the plan was always to come immerse ourselves in the job, get used to the game, get used to the country, the style, everything that came along with it. Uh, really immerse ourselves in the job and at the end of the season go back get our families and then come out obviously COVID hit and then that kind of changed those plans so we've made this big step together we've worked really really closely together as well since obviously the first step at Newcastle we've moved on to Western Sydney Wanderers which are a, a big club within the A-League uh, and it's, again it's started great we've got a good way obviously we're different characters again Robbo is uh, probably a lot more calmer than me. Uh, I mean, I'm, I've mellowed. I've definitely mellowed with edge, and uh, I think the modern day game now you need to you need to have that calmness, but without losing the fire and the desire that you've got. So I think we work pretty well together. We've had a real good run at it last year for eleven games with Newcastle, and we've got off to a really really positive start here in Western Sydney, and I know it will continue. It'll continue because we've got a good. Fantastic work environment, good people behind the, the boss that are supporting them with everything they've got. Uh, and we've got a really good group of players, great group of staff as well. It's a real good feel at the club. So uh, we will be successful, I've no doubt about it. And it's, uh, it's in its infancy at the moment, but it, it will get stronger and stronger as this season develops and, and even moves into next season. Uh, just a quick another question before Seb gets in here. 
Um, so obviously you and Carl, like you said, you were at Newcastle, obviously, you know, here before, and then you went to Newcastle, uh, Jets down, now you're at uh, Western Sydney. Someone else who's made that trip is Bernie Abini. Can you sort of talk on just like, you know, he, he never quite found his form fully in Vancouver, never quite you know, kind of got a, the wind under him, but now it looks like he's kind of firing down there. So how, how, where is he sort of coming into the equation in all this? Well, again, his, his relationship with the boss, because I think like Bernie would have just came a, a year or two after me to Vancouver. Yeah. So, uh, but the gaffer, the gaffer signed him there. And then when we were at, I think he then left, did he leave to go uh, in, in Asia or something to play and from Vancouver? So the opportunity came to get him to Newcastle towards the end, towards the, the end of the season. Uh, and because of the boss's relationship with him again, I never knew. I never knew Bernie. I never knew much about him. No. Uh, so we brought him in, and again, he was kind of chasing fitness initially. But when we came back after the COVID break, he really started to show what what he was about, and it was a huge. I mean, he was always going to be a big player for us, but it was going to be a because we only signed him to the end of that season. But then we actually signed him again for this season at Newcastle. And then when we moved, it was it was one of the, like the main targets that we wanted to get because we knew the qualities that he had and and uh, the, the threat that he can pose in, in these forward areas. So it was uh, again another really good sign. And again, it's a bosses signing thing for the boss coming. You want to get your own players in. You want to put your own stamp on the squad and and, and the style and the identity of the team. Uh, so there was a lot of work went in in the first first weeks, months and coming here to try and really get the squad together because it did need a bit of rebuilding, still does. Again, you can't change it overnight. Uh, so that's something that is ongoing. But Big Bernie was a part of that, a big part of that. So we managed to get him signed uh, for this season and next. So he's, he's one of a number of players that we signed within probably the first two months he has been here that we see having mid to long-term futures at the football club to try and help us be successful. Now kind of moving on to your time in uh, Scotland, um, you, you spent your longest parts of your career at Rangers scoring crazy amount of goals, 92 goals uh, in three different spells. Uh, do you have any that stick out in your mind? No, there is a few. There is a few. I mean, I, I made over 300 appearances for Rangers. I scored actually over 100 goals for them. Again, your stats might be league goals, but I scored over 100 goals yeah, for the football club. So I think that you say it was like over eight seasons that was there. So it was a, a big part of my life, not, not just my career. Uh, I was a fan growing up as well, which obviously it gives you that little bit, uh, makes it that little bit more special when you're representing clubs that you've you've had a strong affiliation with. So, uh, but again, there is all the old firm goals, like like the big like the big goals against against Celtic were huge, huge games. Uh, every one of them, I managed to get ten uh, in old firm games, which every single one of them. Equally as important, uh, the cup final goal. We scored a cup final goal when we were down to nine men. We won one nil in, in the league cup final. We went down to nine men. I managed to score the winner in the last five six minutes of the game, which is an incredible actually experience to go down to nine men in any game. But to go down to nine men in a cup final was when your overwhelming favourites to win the cup uh, was. It was a. I mean, it was one of the days you thought, oh, this we actually might lose this now. Consider uh, consider nine men, but to go on and win that, that will be forever one that's etched in the memory. Uh, Champions League goals as well. I scored in my Champions League debut for Rangers in my first spell uh, against Monaco. It was opening goal two minutes into the game. 
listen, there's, there's, there's so many, you know, because each goal means different things, you know. It could be coming back into a game and, and giving you the momentum to maybe go on and win it. It can be, like you say, a cup final goal. It can be any goal in an old firm game because these games these games can make or break players. And I was, I was really fortunate, like you say, to to get goals in those games on a regular basis. I mean, each each of the three seasons between 2008 and 2011, each first old firm game of the season, I managed to get a double in the three seasons. 2008, sorry, 2000, yeah, 2008, 2009, 2010. Each old firm game, first one, I managed to get a double in, and each one of them, and we went on to win the game. So that game kind of became probably my favourite game of the season. Every time that game came around, I knew I was getting a double. So it was a, uh, it was a uh, again, but any old firm game is special. Cup final, it's uh, like real, real special times. But listen, I've actually felt I've probably celebrated goals, every goal, like the same way. You know, as much as there are goals that have added importance uh, for a striker, any goal, whether it's a 20-yard wonder strike, a really, really good team goal, uh, or a one that's I've had a few that's hit my backside and ended up in going in for two yards. So a goal's a goal. It's always adds to the list. Uh, so my dad is a Celtic fan. He's just he was born and raised in Ayrshire, just outside Glasgow, just in a in Millport, little island. Yeah. And um, so he did, you know, tell me to just remind you that if you ever got too carried away with the Rangers to bring up the 2016 Cup final against Hibs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's not, that's not what it's in the memory. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> oh, that is all for the wrong reasons. That's a problem. Yeah, yeah. He just told me that if you ever get too carried away. <laughs> well, that, but, um, you know, that was a, so that's one, I mean, that's one of these moments that you look back on a career and I went back to Rangers in 2014 and we're, we're building towards back, we're still in the championship at the time, building back towards the top league. The first season back there was really disappointing. Then Mark Warburton came into the football club in 2015 and we got promoted to the 2015-2016 season from the championship. Hibs were also in the championship at the time. And both us and Hibs were really, really good teams, to be honest, uh, made the Scottish Cup final. And again, we go into it as, as, as overwhelming favourites. And uh, on that day, it wasn't to be, I'll say. And <laughs> it was maybe, when I actually played my part, Hibs never won the score. I think that was 116 years Hibs hadn't won the Scottish Cup. And I actually played my part in one of these seasons. We got to the semi-final in 99, the 99-2000 season. And I think at that moment, it was only at 99 years or 100 years and then, sure enough, fast forward 16 years, we're playing Hibs and Hibs win the cup and end that that over a hundred year uh, kind of voodoo in the Scottish Cup. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a disappointing day for us that day. But uh, obviously, Hibs managed to get their another one of my old teams. Obviously, managed to get their like to end that 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 cup hoodoo they had. But like I said, it was a, a real disappointing day for us. Uh, we're two one up with ten minutes to go, and they lost the game three two. So really disappointing. Um, and then uh, finally, so you, thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we've got a, a, an uncle who's a Rangers fan, so I'm sure he'll be listening to this one. <laughs> He's the you know the other side of the family. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so obviously you played for Rangers all those years, and then you cross the divide, and because Gordon Strachan was the Celtic manager at the time when you joined, uh, and did you end up playing for him when he was the international coach as well, or did it? Yes, guys, you did. Okay. No, I did, yeah. And um, so obviously, you know, there's only been five players in over a hundred years that have crossed the divide and played for both teams. So just sort of, what was that transition like? And even though it was just for one year for Celtic and you went back to Rangers a few years after, 
you know, have, being one of five in over a century of some, you know, historic names in Scottish football, what is that sort of like in that transition for you? Listen, it is, it is, it's hard based on everything that, that surrounds it, but it's, it's when you break it down. Like I, at that moment, I was at rules, I was coming out of the contract, and like I, I'm a winner, and I want to win. So getting going to those types of clubs, there's a pressure on you and there's a demand on you that, that you must succeed. Uh, and I, I loved that, I always did. So that going to Celtic gave me an opportunity to, to do it again. It gave me a chance to experience the Champions League again. I had one game at Rangers in the first spell, uh, the one game we talked about against Monaco at home, and it gave me a chance to play at that level again, which every player wants to play at the elite level of the game, and that gave me that opportunity to, to experience that again. And it was a wonderful experience playing at the Champions League again. And again, that year, I won the league with Celtic and I won a Scottish Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like you say, two years later, later you go back to Rangers. Going to Celtic was it was it was tough for me. It wasn't tough in regards to the footballing decision. It was tough with the things that surround it. But it was actually tougher going back to Rangers because I had played for Celtic at that time. So that was a, that was a probably a harder transition. And again, with what was surrounding it, but for what was on the table at the time with Walter Smith, because Walter Smith was my international manager, and then he left Scotland to go to Rangers, and. Th- Honestly, that's the only reason I ended up back at Rangers because had any other manager been in that role, I don't think I would have had the opportunity. So I'll be forever grateful to Walter for not, not just giving me that opportunity, but Walter found something, like an extra 5-10% in my game that maybe I never even knew I had. And I always knew going back to Rangers under Walter would be accepted because of who it was that was making the call. Uh, and listen, I had to work probably to get accepted back in, in some people's minds. I may never have got accepted back in, and I still might not, but I always put my trust that the, the, the fans would know what I knew what he was doing and would trust his opinions on any sign, and never mind just myself. I will say I had a question, you know, if Walter Smith was a big influence of you coming back to Rangers, so I guess we can cross that one off. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, if it hadn't been for him, I don't think that opportunity would have arose. So like I said, I'm forever grateful about giving me that opportunity to go back. And we had, we had three, 2008 to 2011, like three really successful years, three leagues, a cup each year. It was a, a real successful time for the club. And like I say, now looks like that was the last time we actually won the league and looks like we're going to then get their hands back on that league within the next two to three weeks. Not quite 10 in a row. <laughs> well, it's not quite got there, no. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta say, Kenny, you have you have a great memory. Like, you remember yeah. everything. Like... Oh, I'm an elephant. I'm an elephant. <laughs> Never forget. Of course. Uh, moving on uh, to more or less your international career. Um you're right up there with some of the best goal scorers in Scottish history. Um, Kenny Dalish, Dennis Law. Um, so what does it mean to you to just be on that list of top five uh, goal scorers in Scottish national team history? Listen, it, it means the world to me because I'm, every moment I, I pulled on that jersey was a proud moment for me. Uh, I, in this day and age, a lot's talked about the club, the country, kind of battles and all, play them and set I wanted to play every, every game I could. And that was club or country I wanted to play, but when you get the opportunity to represent your country, it's, a, it's an honour and a privilege that should never be taken for granted. And I never, ever did. Actually, I mean, I, I look back on my career now and I think, you know, if I, I don't do regrets, but 
I knew I could have probably played a little bit longer, but it's just coincided now that I was actually in Vancouver at the time, where I actually chose to retire after if, if from international duty. And it was basically down to the fact I was in Vancouver at that time and the club had invested a lot in me and had, had showed a lot of belief and trust in me. And when I was making these trips back and forth to the UK, I felt it played a little part in maybe picking up silly little injuries that I'd never picked up before. And I didn't Dan want AstroTurf. That AstroTurf. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I, I got used to the Astro. So I, I blame the traveling and not the Astro. So I was picking up too many little niggles uh, when I was in Vancouver. And I did feel that the traveling played a big part in it. So I made the call after the England game at Wembley, the first Scotland England game, and I think it was 20 years to think, you know what, right, that's not a bad way to go out. So and to my family as well, when you're going back to and leaving them in Vancouver on their own for 10 days, two weeks at a time, if it was a double header, it was it probably wasn't fair. So, but I look back and I think I could have had a, I could have had a few more caps and a few more goals if I if I'd stuck to it. But uh, listen, what, what listen, we never the only thing you'd change in an international career would be making that major finals, because we've never done it in my time. Uh, but yeah, I loved every second of the kind of 12, 13 years of uh, representing Scotland. Every cap that I got, every goal that I scored, uh, absolutely loved it. So uh, no, it was uh, it was good. And it's, when you see your name recognised on top 10 goals, top 10 caps, it's always like, you know, you can look back at it, that's things that, that can never get taken away from you, you know. So even on that kind of thing, you've, you've achieved something. You set it at the start, you could probably never have imagined that you're going to, going to get to that kind of level. Uh, so when you see your, your name alongside those guys on the goal scoring charts and also on the on the appearance chart, it's always it's always nice to look back and think, you know what, you contributed to to your country at some point. And what was it like to to watch that penalty shootout last fall against Serbia? You know, it was uh, we were actually in the office and we're watching uh, the game. We just got on obviously with the time difference, just towards the end of the game. And, you know, I was watching it and we're, we're so, so comfy. You know, we were so comfy in the game, but being a, being a Scot and having actually experienced all the things and all the close calls and the glorious failures over the years, I'm just looking at it and I'm actually waiting for something to happen towards the end of the game. And lo and behold, they get a goal out of nothing in the last two, three minutes. And I'm thinking, you know, that's that's that could be it, the chance gone. But see, to be honest, the boys fought back, they took absolute control of the extra time as well. We're the better team over the course yet, but when it goes to penalties, it's a lottery. But my big mate, big Marshy, uh, it's good to see him being the hero at the time because he's a great big lad and he deserves it. So it was uh, it was good to see him produce that save. And then even his, again, you see all the memes and things that are off the back, of it, even his face when he saved it, he still didn't believe that that was it. So it was, uh, it was a typical kind of sportsman reaction to it. But listen, wonderful. Delighted for the group. They've, they've done, I think they deserve a really good group of players. So uh, looking forward to the summer. Let's hopefully it goes ahead as, as planned. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, we want to see yeah. Scotland in a tournament as well. Scotland, England as well. That's going to be yeah. really something. <laughs> phenomenal. It's a phenomenal fixture. Uh, in fact, it's at, it's at in the UK as well. I think Scotland have got two of the three. The game against England at Wembley. I think two, the other two games are at Hamden. So if we can get crowds and things back into these stadiums and, and everything goes well, I mean, it'll be some some atmosphere. It'll be amazing to play and, uh, and experience that first time back in a major. I mean, the Tartan Army will be going absolutely ballistic. I think maybe for Scotland's sake, they should keep the doors closed, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> so uh, no, it'll be great. I'm really looking forward to actually being a spectator and a supporter of, that, of the Euros in the summer. 
um, sort of moving on. So uh, obviously you spent uh, time down in England as well, uh, Derby and Wolves. Uh, you scored in the playoff final for Wolves to help them get promoted to the Premier League. Where does that, you know, that's, you know, a huge fixture. Uh, was that at, that was, that was, that was when the new Wembley was being built, right? So would that yeah, have that been the Millennium? Millennium, the millennium yeah. Stadium, yeah. So, yeah. So where does that goal sort of rank for you? Because, you know, that's, a, you know, the, the ch- when you get those sort of the goals to go up to the Premier League, it's, it's really something. So where does that sort of goal in a playoff final for a team that you played for for a few years now at that time, uh, how does that rank for you? The million-dollar game. The million-dollar game. <laughs> yeah, it was right up there. I mean, again, it's a big game. It's actually, when I look back on it, I, I don't get too nervous before games. Uh, but I remember walking out in the tunnel in that game and thinking, right, this is it. It's an opportunity to get to the Premier League. We actually we blew up the year before. Uh, we were flying high at the top of the league. I think we were 10 points clear, a third with 10 games to go. And we just, we just couldn't buy a win. We had too many draws. We had poor results. And West Brom, who were our arch rivals at Wolves, they managed to jump us and they got promoted and we ended up falling into the playoffs. And the hangover from that kind of, like the wheels falling off to in that last 10 games, we got beaten in the playoff semi. So the following year, getting into the uh, getting into the playoffs again, I think we finished fifth that year. And uh, listen, we were a really, really good team. Like it would have been... It would have been a failure had we not made it into the into the playoffs based on the, the team that we had. Incredible balance of youth, experience, not just experience, but top, top experience. Dennis Irwin came to the club, incredible player. Paul Lance, serial winner, clubs that he'd played at. And then you look at the careers that Jolene Lescott went on to have and Lee Naylor went on to have. Uh, Colin Cameron, a wonderful player with us. The two wingers that we had, Sean Newton and Mark Kennedy, Nathan Blake up front, George and Darwin, George and Darwin, we had, we were too strong. You know, we deserved to go up based on the squad, but you still need to perform. Uh, and Sheffield United were flying that year as well. They had a really, really good, they had a strong squad as well. But that game, 3 0 up at half time, and we were all sitting there at half time thinking, you know, and I scored just on half time. So that was the third going on. And, Again, amazing game, like 75,000 people there uh, at the game. Uh, it's amazing, amazing. For the minute we walked out, I always remember, again, this might be a false memory, but I always remember walking out and the rules end was full when we went out for the warm-up and the place was already rocking. Uh, and when you're three and a half at half time, like the fans are thinking, that's job done. You know, the job's done. We're in the dressing room and it, nobody wants to see it, but everybody's thinking it. We're, we're there, that's us up, we're up. And everything it means for players in terms of improved contracts, in terms of getting to me, for me, for Jolene, for Lee Naylor, for the younger lads in the team, it was the first time we were going to ever play in the Premier League and, and go to places like Man United and Liverpool and Arsenal and Chelsea. It was the first time you were going to go to these stadiums and, and test yourself against the absolute best players in the world. So... It was uh, everything that was on the line. And Chef, you actually got a penalty within about three or four minutes of the second half. But our goalkeeper that day, Matty Murray, was it was it was just unbeatable. It was an absolute monster in goal. Uh, he saved the penalty. And that, once that was done, we ended up seeing it out. And we won 3-0. We got promoted. First time Wolves are in the, in the Premier League as well. So there was a lot riding on it there. It was the first time they'd actually been back in the top flight for, I think it was the best part of 20 years. So that game meant so much to us as a, as a team and, and a group and, and, and the staff, but meant obviously so much more, I think, to the, to the fans and the football club to get back to the top level. 
Yeah, of course. And I mean, we're, we've been watching the Prem, obviously, during quarantine um, and the past couple of days, past couple of months, and uh, it's starting to heat up there as well with relegation there. Um, but going back to what you mentioned about Man United and playing against the Liverpool, the Man Uniteds, um, in the span of four days, you scored the winner against Man United. Um, Van Nistelrooy, Giggs, a young Ronaldo, Scholes were all in that squad. And then four days later, you're playing Liverpool and you score a stoppage time equalizer uh, against Steven Gerrard, Michael Owen, Jamie Carragher. Jamie Carragher. Like, how surreal is that? Like, can you even like put it's that amazing. into words? It's crazy. Think about their memories. Yeah, so I say, as you look back on these games, then that you'll never forget that. You know, I say, my memory is sharp, and it's like I remember everything. But these these big moments and these big games, like, like I said, we, that Man United game, it was top the bottom at the time, uh, and like that was a huge game for us. It wasn't a huge game for Man U, clearly because they're the bigger club. But for us, and first time first time playing against Man United, first time in the Premier League. For us, it was a huge, huge game, and we were fighting for our lives, you know. So I've always loved those those big games and those big moments. But when you look back, like you say, you think you play Man United and you score a winner, you win one nil. Uh, you play Liverpool four days later and you get a 90th minute equaliser against the two absolute world superpowers in the game. You know, it's, it's something you look back on, and and again, nobody can take that away from you. That's always again. I still get rules, rules fans speaking to me or messaging me about that game. Anytime rules come about and play Man United, it always seems to come up as well, or or people send you the video of the goal or what have you. So it's uh, yeah, it's always nice. You've played a part, you've, and you've left some kind of impact on, on on a club that you've represented. Like you say, I was there for five years at Rules. It was actually and throughout the course of my career out with Rangers, it was the most most amount of time I spent at a football club. So I've got great memories, still speak to you, still speak to people for Wolves, still good friends with Jolie and Lee Naylor, we speak regularly. Uh, obviously, there was a few Scots at the club at that time as well. And anytime you see that group, that group was a real special group of players. So you don't need to be speaking to these players all the time, but you're always there to contact me. And some people always contact you for different reasons now, because you're we're pretty much all retired. So you've uh, they contacted you for different reasons to help out, maybe with charity events or what have you got. But it was a real special group of people that uh, that you would always have time. If somebody could pick the phone up to me from that time and absolutely no problem, you, you would want to help out or I'm sure they would feel the same because it was a real tight-knit group of players at that moment. Uh, so obviously, like you say, you spent five years at Wolves. Uh, a few years later, you were back in the Premier League with Derby County in uh, 06-07. Uh, Robbie Earnshaw and Giles Barnes were both on that team as well, and both of them ended up uh, moving over to Vancouver as well. Did they reach out to you and ask about your time, or did was it just purely a coincidence that all three of you from Derby ended up at BC Place, or was there any sort of connection there? No, well, no, there was no. I never ever spoke. I mean, again, Barnes, he was a young lad at Derby. Uh, again, a real prospect at the time when I went to Derby. He was supposed to, I think he was supposed to be actually moving to West Ham, but I think injury kind of hampered that uh, eventually. But uh, Ernie, I was at Ernie, Derby and Cardiff as well. Uh, but the gaffer, obviously, through the Welsh, the kind of national team in the Welsh connection, he obviously was the one with Ernie. So no, but I, just, a, just a purely a coincidence. Obviously, Banjo was in the MLS at the time, I think, with Houston, is that right? Yeah, uh, yeah with Houston. Then, so it was obviously in the league and... 
Uh, I seen Barnes. I think we actually one of my last games might have been against Houston for Vancouver. I think Barnes was there at the time. Uh, so again, a bit of a coincidence, but again, yeah, we did. We were all in that derby team in the, the 2006-7 season. All right, and we're just about to wrap up here, but we're going to finish off with our big three. So these are kind of like rapid fire questions that we're going to ask you, Kenny, uh, and you just give us an answer and then we move on to the next one. Uh, so first one, coolest club that you've played against? Coolest club? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I was like, I, I wanted to go and play against Man United. So playing at Old Trafford, I've actually managed to play there a couple of times uh, throughout my career. I don't like, I just see when, when Sir Alex was managing Man United and you seen the dominance that they had. They were obviously one of the biggest clubs in the world. So I always wanted to have that opportunity to play against them at Old Trafford. And I've done it for Celtic, Rangers and actually Derby. So I managed to get there three times. So that was, that was nice. I mean, I wouldn't say coolest, but I would say... When you're getting to go to these places, I love going to Anfield as well, actually. Really like going to Anfield and playing there. So just getting the opportunity to experience to play against these top level clubs at, at the at the stadiums is is excellent. Again, it was an experience being at Wembley, playing at Wembley actually as well, in that first uh, the first Scotland England game. So I wouldn't say cool, but there's a few real memorable moments uh, playing against certain teams. Uh, next up, the coolest player that you played against, you know, whether it's the biggest name or someone that you sort of watched growing up, what was a real pretty cool player that you got to share the field with? Well, like Alan Shearer was my hero when I was growing up, or one of my heroes, Alan McCoyst again. So I actually worked with my, my hero and Alan McCoyst at Rangers, both as a co assistant and a, and a manager, because he signed me back from Vancouver in 2014. Okay. And Alan Shearer, we played against Newcastle in the Cup. Uh, when I was at Wolves. So that year we got promoted with a really, really good cup run as well. And I shared the field with Alan Shearer at Molyneux in an FA Cup game that we actually won 3-2. Uh, so that was really, really good. But again, when see when being a striker, I love testing myself against the best centre-backs in the world and really, really fortunate through internationals and through uh, Champions League games, I managed to come up against like Terry, Ferdinand, Cannavaro, Nesta, in one game actually at Hamden when we're playing Italy, uh, Maldini, like these guys are Puyols and Piquets against Spain. You know, I've got to pretty much test myself against the best centre backs at that time. So uh, it was it was pretty cool playing against these guys that the majority of the time you're actually watching, whether it be in La Liga or the Premier League or or whatever leagues that they're, that they're representing people against. So it was uh, it was good really getting to test yourself against the best centre backs. And last one, favorite goal of your career? I know there's a lot. There's a lot to choose from, but can you narrow it down to one? Down to one? Probably not. Probably. <laughs> and it's not the fact there's too many, but it's just there's every goal is different. You know what I mean? I loved the, the cup final goal, the one I've talked about already. Down to nine men, it'll be forever in the memory. I loved my last goal for Scotland at Wembley. Like, goal, that was a really, really, really positive goal. Something we've talked about Vancouver goals, like really, really like goals that I look back on. I think that was a really good goal. Wolves, my time there, there you go, a playoff final. There is so, so many like really important goals that I look back on. If I was to pick one, if I had to pick one, I would probably have to go for the cup final goal for Rangers against St. Mirren, 2010 it was. That being down to nine men, let's say, in any game is tough. 
and in a cup final. And the reason behind it is, and I'll get the backstory behind it, is why it's my favourite. We were on for a treble. There was a lot of treble talk. So that was one in the Scottish Cup, one in the League Cup, one in the League. And we were going into that week. We lost the Scottish Cup replay against Dundee United. Oh, wow. We were 3-1 up at Ibrox and we conceded two, two late goals and we drew 3-3. And then we played the replay the following midweek, the week, the Tuesday or the Wednesday before the cup final, and we lost the replay. So that treble was done. We then went into a cup final. We were miles ahead in the league, so we'd had the league wrapped up. They're miles ahead. But we went into the league cup final thinking, right, we're only going to get a double now because we're playing St Marin, you're overwhelming favourites. You don't take anything for granted, but if we turn up, the way we could, we had a really, really good team, we would have won the game. And then we go down to nine men. So within the space of four or five days, you've, t- you've went from talking, winning maybe the treble, to potentially now thinking, well, we, we might only win the league now. It would have been a disaster. So to win that game and to get the one and go in that cup final, with all that was kind of surrounding it, I would probably say that's maybe, maybe one of the most important goals I've scored. Awesome. Well, I think that basically is going to wrap up episode 39 here on the 90 Plus podcast. Kenny, all the way from Sydney, thank you for joining us here. We've had a great chat, you know, great to test your memory. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, how, how is that? How are the uh, how are the wonder is doing in, uh, in the league so far this year? Yeah, well, we've, we've started well, we've started strong. We lost our first game. We're eight games in, but we're now seven games unbeaten. So oh, nice. we're sitting, we're in a good spot at the moment. Uh, game tomorrow against Adelaide, uh, which is at home, which I would expect us to win. So yeah. that would, that, that'll, if we can get the win tomorrow, if we turn up and do the job properly, and I think we've got enough to win the game. In fact, I know we've got enough to win the game. So if we can get that result, that'll get us a little bit higher up the table, maybe any second or third. Uh, and uh, listen, we're in a good place. We're only going to get stronger and better throughout the course of the season when the players get, again, fully understand what's, what the way the manager wants to work, uh, get used to it. We're getting better all the time. So it's been a positive start and I've no doubt it'll be a positive end as well. Well, we're, we're sure you're going to continue improving and you're yeah. going to continue this unbeaten streak. We're, we're rooting for you guys down there in Sydney. So thanks, Kenny, for coming on the 90 Plus podcast and we wish you the best for... For the rest of your coaching career. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Kenny. Yes. Well, that was our interview with Kenny Miller. We hope you guys enjoyed it because I certainly know I did and Sebastian did as well. That was a real fun one. You know, having, you know, we've had players come on, we've had reporters come on, but I don't think we've ever had a, a former player come on for the White Cap. Actually, no, Paul Dolan, but that's, that was the 86ers. That's different. This is um, MLS era. MLS era. So yeah, absolutely. Having Kenny on all the way from Australia, we really appreciate the Western Sydney Wanderers communications guys helping us get that set up because that was a cool one. Again, Jada Merritt next week. So but yeah, overall, that was, a, that, was, that was a real fun 45 minutes or so with uh, the real King Kenny. Yeah, no, we, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a great, great interview and really enjoyed catching up with Kenny. You know, he's a guy that didn't get too much uh, media attention while he was here in Vancouver. There wasn't too much, too many stories or, or anything like that coming out uh, about Kenny Miller. So um, I, I knew he, he, uh, he's had some great history, some great moments playing with Rangers, Celtic. Wolves, Derby, so many great clubs, but Whitecaps. and white then the Whitecaps, of course. Sprinkle that in there. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, it was great to you know get his perspective on his career and 
kind of i think it was a, a good moment memory. for there's a great memory on him too hey yeah, yeah like every goal every game he had the full story for it yeah he, knew, made, he our, knew about, made our job a lot easier <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean he he just like he has a passion for the game you can tell clearly and um and he really he really looked back on his career i think i think it was great for him to you know look back on his career and kind of say oh wow like i did so many of these great things so mm-hmm. it was a great it was a great talk with kenny and yeah, really looking forward to next week with Jada Merritt. That's going to be another big one. Mm-hmm. Now, Seb, I do have a question for you. Yeah. What is are, you tired, are you tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Yes. Are you looking for a unique and completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Yes. Well, Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. That's I-C-A-R-U-S-F-C.com. That's our first uh, promo. Oh, our, first, our first, yeah. And um, I think with that, uh, quick, yeah, quick wrap up to end up the show. We've got Obviously, our new Instagram at 90 plus podcast. That's also the same handle you can find our Twitter at, at 90 plus podcast. From there, you can find myself at Rigetti Ben and Sebastian at Sebastian P74. Lots of stuff coming up there, definitely throughout the whole season, especially in the next week or two with Jay Demerit coming on in the middle of next week. So be sure to stay on social for some clips from that as well. Um, but yeah, I think overall, you heard all of our stuff at the beginning, our new network at the Beautiful Game Network. That's going to be a, a lot of fun throughout the year, collabing with a lot of the guys on there as well. Uh, obviously, our two sponsors, Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Uh, our video, which we worked very hard on, which we hope you guys enjoy, our new logo as well. And Sebastian, one last time, where can the people find this podcast? They can find this podcast on Spotify. Yep. We're still on Spotify, guys, so you can still follow us on Spotify. Yeah. We're also moving to Apple Podcasts. Boom. Love to see it. Yeah, so make sure you and check us out on there. Um, and we're also on uh, Podbean. Podbean. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Still getting <laughs> used to it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the first episode <laughs> on the with all the new changes. And we again, we are no longer on SoundCloud, so all of our old episodes are still going to be on there, but we just won't be uploading any new ones. So if you want the newest, latest Whitecaps content, don't be going to SoundCloud at 90 Plus Podcast. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up episode 39. We look forward to having you, you, all of you guys back for episode 40 with Jay Demerit. Big 40. Um, yeah, episode 40. Man, look at us getting old. <laughs> First We're year. already a year old. We're already a year old. Damn, that's ancient in podcast games. I don't know. Um, but yeah, thanks to our sponsor as well, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening to episode 39. For those of you that are new to the podcast, we hope to see you very soon. Uh, if you came over from the Beautiful Game Network or from wherever you may be, thank you for listening. Myself and Sebastian signing off. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. Peace.